a lifetime of indoctrination. So busy fighting with each other that we never look up and realize we're getting fucked. We're the only one in the universe that has free will. We are born free and we will stay free. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Free Will. This is Tony Scardino. Recap, I was on a three-week-long vacation for the holidays, and it uh, definitely felt too long. I am glad to be sitting back at home, getting back to routine, and, you know, focusing on free will. With that, I did a lot of thinking. There's going to be a lot of cool changes this year, um, a lot of transformations for myself and for the platform. So I'm super excited to have you guys come along with me through this growth because this is the beginning of free will and it is just a baby still. Yeah, with that recap, my last episode, I was with Faithletics, friends from back home, and yeah, it was super fun filming that and I genuinely enjoyed our conversation but I want to get into it more I want to get into these cool concepts more so the research is there and that's one of the changes is how we're going to lay that out this week I got a few questions for free will and one of the questions, I read it and I was like, you know what? This is an episode within itself. And we are going to answer it for the episode because we're going to be answering the big question here. And that's free will. And it's about time. It's about time I explain what the heck I'm talking about all the time about how we are the creators of our own life and why we have free will. So the question is, can the concept of free will coexist with the influence of social norms, peer pressure, and media representations in the realm of dating? How do these external forces impact our perceptions of attraction, compatibility, and the exercise of autonomy in forming romantic connections? Okay, so basically the question is saying, if we have free will, there's environmental impacts clearly on our perception in dating and what we like and romantic connections. So if we have free will, how do the environmental factors and the physical factors come into play with you choosing if you would like that person or not? You can't, for example, you can't help if you like that person or not. You can't help that you're attracted to this person or not. Um, and that's all formed by the way you grew up, where you were born, your parents, lifestyle, environment, whether the fly flew across you know, your head that second of that day and all these environmental influences impact your behavior. That's behavioral science. So yeah, they're asking, well, if we have free will, what's, how do those coexist? And that's basically the argument of the free willers and the non-free willers. But 
I agree with my gal Dolores Cannon that you already planned your life, that we're these individual consciousness. And before we came onto Earth, we already decided what we were going to do on Earth. The marble example, we pick marbles, what lessons and experiences we want to have in our life. And Earth is basically like a college. Consider it a school, Earth school. It is where we come to learn and to achieve a higher self. And it's not an easy school. We are disconnected in a lot of ways. And the journey into coming back to that is a lesson in itself. But let's get into it. All right, you're making all these claims. We planned out these, you know, we, we chose absolutely everything in our life to learn something, to reach a higher self, to continue a higher purpose. Now we bring in our intuition. We've talked about that. Intuition is your higher self talking to you. Concepts of dimensions. We talk about the fourth dimension, timelessness. There is no concept of time, no space, no time. We are energy beings, and yeah, that's basically my thesis to what we're about to get into. Okay, so reflecting on that question, they're right. We are told who we are by our society and by our culture, and at the same time, we are slaves to the deeper unconscious biological craving and aversion that governs our choices. This is the eco-construct, the impulse to repeat. We are energy. And the way energy works is it repeats the path it once took. The consciousness that identifies with this eco-construct is what is considered the matrix. Unconsciousness, archaic wiring, and primal existential fears are what equals the driving machine. So when we talk about the matrix and we talk about our whole system and we talk about the behavioral science of what creates who we are, this is all the physical. This is the ego construct. This is in my episode where I talked about how there's the difference between someone's intuition and someone's ego. And your higher self is what talks to your intuition. There's this concept that I fell in love with during my own spiritual journey called Samadhi. With this comes the concept of Maya. Maya is when you don't believe that you are the mask. So the mask is the ego. Samadhi is awakening from the dream of your character in the play of life. Okay, I know this is a difficult concept. This is where Dolores Cannon comes back into play, where she says you are the director, producer, and scriptwriter of your own movie. So your life that you're living in, in the present right now, is a movie. And we talked about how we live in the third dimension, which is the physical. And because we are in the third dimension, we can only perceive past, present, and future. So. We can't see it as a movie, but our energy 
is the observer of our movie. This is when I said we are the observer of our thoughts. We're not our thoughts. We are the observer of our thoughts. All right. I've made all these claims that we are the creator of our life and that we have planned our life. So how? I always refer to DNA as a hard drive. Our DNA is a language. We have trillions of cells that have a code. Our molecules are a language on how the body operates. Language can only come from intelligence. So matter, which is what we are, cannot produce on its own. So it could never produce DNA, which is language. If life evolved, matter had to have produced it, but it cannot. I'm going to explain why. So language is recognizable, even if you can't read it, right? So when we look at the Sumerian tablets, when we look at other languages that we don't understand, we have the Morse code, for example, which is dots, dashes, and spaces. And this is what the English language is made up of. So we have over 400,000 words, 26 letters, and three elements. DNA, just like how I described it, has over 100,000 proteins. 20 amino acids, and four nucleotides, G-C-T-A. So, matter would have needed to produce over zillions of new information in order for evolution to be a thing. Matter can only produce from what it already knows. It cannot produce new info. A code system, which is like our DNA, like our language, is a result of a mental process. It requires an intelligence, an inventor. Dr. Richard Dawkins is known as a leading atheist. Had an interview a while back and he was asked this question, name an example or give a time where matter has produced new information. And he couldn't answer the question. Later on, he was asked the same question, and he admits that intelligence must be the creator of our DNA. And he then goes on to that our creator could be possibly aliens, and he rejects the idea that God could be a, re a creator. And it's not even brought up that we are the creator. And this is where manifestation leads in. We are the creator. How? Going off of this whole idea on how evolution is just... Doesn't really make sense because matter can't produce new information. That there must be an intelligence behind us. Evolution needs more information to be added. So when reptiles started producing feathers, that wasn't through evolution. That needed a creator. It needed a new set of language in order to teach it how to produce feathers. I'll explain on how matter cannot take a certain set of code and produce something completely new. Matter only produces the same code. 
what we are seeing through evolution is information being lost or distorted. Take the evolution of dogs. We start off with wolves, right? And this will be good if you're watching the YouTube video because I'm going to picture out the example. But evolution of dogs, we have wolves at the top. Take two wolves that are capital A, lowercase a, capital B, lowercase b, capital C, lowercase c. Copy that with the, the two dogs. When they combine, they can mix into a capital A, lowercase a, capital B, capital B, capital C, lowercase c. Then the next one could be capital A, capital A, capital B, lowercase b, capital C, lowercase c. Then those mix. Okay? Now we only have capital A, capital A, capital B, capital B, capital C, capital C. That dog no longer has any information of the lowercase a, lowercase b, or lowercase c. It lost information. It only has the information of the capitals. No more little letters. Now take a poodle, for example. Lowercase a, lowercase a, lowercase b, lowercase b, lowercase c, lowercase c. If a poodle mixes with a poodle, it's always going to go to a poodle. It's always going to be lowercase a, lowercase a, lowercase b, lowercase b, lowercase c, lowercase c. Poodles can never go back to wolves because poodles do not have any of the information anymore for what the wolf had. But the wolf can always go to the poodle. Okay? Why? Because it has all the information the poodle lost information so evolution is not adding new information it's losing information what we're seeing through the changes of keeping the example of dogs is natural selection adaptation and speciation this is all used in the secular textbooks all disproving evolution so natural selection adaptation and speciation for example this is when you have set of dogs and they move somewhere that's super hot and all of the long-furred dogs uh, get too hot they overheat and die so then all of the short-haired dogs they start reproducing with short-haired dogs and this is how the changes started happening vice versa dogs migrated to the cold weather all of the long-haired dogs survived short-haired dogs they they died off then the long-haired dogs started uh, reproducing together. Why did I just go into this major disproving science, science-y session about evolution? Because I'm trying to show that our DNA, that is a language, that is a set of code, and that's getting new information. For us to evolve, we need new information. We need creators. We need an intelligence behind this. I am saying that we are that. Why are we that? Because right now we are living in the present, learning things, experiencing things to fill in more information in our hard drive, okay? Just because we're living in the present, we have the past and we have the future, our movie as a whole is gaining information to fill our hard drives, okay? We are the creators to our own hard drives. We are energy. So now this is a circle, right? We're filling information. We're going, this is the concept of life, our bodies, okay? 
Now we're going to go into how we are energy and how free will, the concept of free will coincides with this on how our energy manifests and how our energy has free will and how we plans this life, this movie, and how we are the observers. Shout out Matthias De Stefano. He just talked about this and perfect way to explain it. There's the law of three. Energy needs a positive, a negative, and a neutral. Okay, we are energy, energy beings. We need a positive, a negative, and a neutral. Good, evil, balance. Creation, distortion. Lesson, experience. There's always a positive and a negative to us. And then we always have the balance. That's why everything in life always works out better when we have balance, right? But when we're looking at our energy, the negative energy is from light to earth. That's because the negative energy pulls in to create. Negative energy is not bad. It is necessary. Negative energy is more described as like the feminine energy. Because take females, for example, what do they do? They pull in and create life. It's to take something from the outside and make. Positive energy is earth to light. Positive energy expands. This is the more masculine energy. It is already within and it's trying to expand. This is where I bring in matrix, mother, matrix, matrix, and then father, patar. So this is negative, positive. The neutral energy is balanced between the two forces. It interacts with one another to remind one another that they need one another because the negative would go too far this way and the positive would go too far this way. The negative would pull too far back. The positive will expand too far out. We need the neutral energy to keep the balance between the two, to keep the push and pull. Funny enough, this is explaining dating, push and pull, the feminine and the masculine energy, the positive and the negative energy. Why am I saying our energy is light to earth, earth to light? That is because the light, the sun, feeds the ground, gives the ground energy. What do we do? It produces food and we eat the food. It, it pulls something, creates something. We absorb it, we eat the food, and then what do we do? We eat, and then we do stuff. Then we're fueled. Everything is just a rotation. Everything I explain is gonna be a rotation. It's why we call it the circle of life. Our energy is the example. Our bodies is the example of how everything operates. So because we are energy, we operate in this magnetical field. Everything that goes up must go down. Everything that goes down must go up. This energy exchange is what we call manifestation, is where we manifest. The law of manifestation, we have mani, which is in Latin hands, and festo, which is party in Latin. So hands, party, two opposite hands to create something. We have a positive and a negative to create. And what do we create? We create art with the heart. Manifestation comes from the mind, the intention, and the heart. This is what shapes our reality. 
So when we're operating on low vibrations and we're constantly manifesting things unintentionally, that is why that life is manifesting into that reality. The fact that we are energy proves that we are manifesting our reality. This consciousness observing this movie that we already created for these lessons and experiences and our energy with the positive and the negative manifests this reality and we are the intelligence, the creators behind it all, okay? Together, because we are a collective consciousness and we are connected to source. <sighs> okay, I know it's a lot and I know I scramble and ramble. Take it in again. So, free will. We are this physical body that is matter. But this matter is energy. We are atoms. Our DNA requires an intelligence, a creator. Matter in itself cannot reproduce new information, only existing. These two coexist with one another because energy keeps manifesting. Our energy keeps manifesting and keeps producing that new information. And then matter keeps producing that existing information. So this is the physical and the spiritual. This is why we have both. Because we are this energy that is manifesting this reality, whether we are doing it in the conscious, the subconscious, or in the unconscious, we are manifesting and creating. This is how energy creates. It cannot be distorted. So when we are creating, when I say we created our own life, we created our own lessons and experiences that we need to learn. We put ourselves in this situation for a reason, in this life, in this body, in this physical for a reason. Because our energy, the spiritual, is coexisting with that physical. When the non-free willers say that we are seconds off of a conscious decision to do something, we are the observer of our thoughts. We are the observer of this movie. So leading off of again to what Matthias de Stefano was explaining, we have the law of three again. We have what I think, what I feel, what I do. This is what I think, what I feel, and down at the bottom, what I do. This is a vertical line. What I think, what I feel, what I do. Law of three, what I receive, what I give, what I intend. What I receive, what I give, what I intend, which comes from the heart. So here we have now a, the horizontal line. So vertical, what I think, what I feel, what I do, horizontal, what I receive, what I give, what I intend. This creates the cross, okay? From the spirit to the ground, from myself to others, why we can't manifest because we're disconnected. Why are we disconnected? Because of the environmental factors. But we're supposed to be. That's the negative to the positive. The environmental factors create the test. If we're on earth to be in school, it wouldn't be a test if we knew all the answers. It wouldn't be a test if there weren't obstacles facing our way, if there weren't things that we couldn't control facing our way so it's all coinciding with one another 
where we're planning this, where the creators, our energy is manifesting, the behavioral science comes into play, environmental factors come into play. These are what creates the movie, but we are the energy that manifests the reality and our consciousness is viewing it. We are living in the present because the heart manifests in the present. The heart cannot manifest in the past or the future. So that's why when they say, if you want to, if you want to get something done, you don't say, I want or I will. I want to have a car. I will have a car. You have to say, I have a car. Free will is being the creator of your own reality. And it all comes from I am. I am. So when we talk about the cross, think, feel, do, receive, give, intend, the cross meets in the middle to create I am. And this is the heart. The heart is what manifests, creates. So you have free will on both. You're the script writer of your play and you can change the script whenever you want. Living in the present, following your intuition, you're following the play. You're following your plan. Looking for universal signs and universal luck, you are following your higher purpose. Being stuck in the low vibrations in the physical might be a lesson you need to learn in this life that you planned that out. But there's an intelligence behind our DNA, a creator, and everything points to I am. And that doesn't make anybody else special because we're all connected. We are all a collective consciousness. So leading off of that question, man, you picked this life and whoever you're attracted to and whoever your, you know, your parents were and whatever behavioral surroundings you had, you picked it. And that's the question on how free will comes into play with dating and romantic connections. And most of the time, you have certain people and souls that come into your life because you have soul ties to them or even karmic ties to them where you have to learn a lesson with them. And you have these soul contracts that you planned out to meet these people in order to learn something. Because when I talked about in my episode of coincidence, nothing is a coincidence. Every single person that you have met has led you into the next event or has served a purpose in your life in one way or another that you didn't even recognize it because you're living in the present, which is a micro perspective, but your movie, your play of life is the macro. And yeah, so whoever you decided to be attracted to, you, you either desired that, you wanted to experience that, or you wanted a lesson out of that. And that's where the physical and the spiritual come into play. Both are just as important. We have the positive and the negative. Reminder, the neutral. There's the balance. Whatever lesson and experience and whatever life you p decided to pick in this lifetime, in this movie, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be your next one or your last one that you had. We all go through all of the different lessons and experiences and cycles and journeys. And just like the movies, you're not going to watch the same movie over and over and over again. You want to live out different movies. And us being energy beings and manifesting, we get bored and we want to manifest different things. And again, we want to manifest to a higher self to bring in a more collective consciousness.
So I'm going to answer one more question to end off the episode. What is your best advice for someone looking to break away from a toxic source? Okay, there's the personal way to answer this and there's the more scientific way to answer this. And I'm going to combine both. Toxic source, emotionally, of course, we've all had that toxic tie and it's hard to break away and you find yourself acknowledging that it's toxic for you, but you still continue to hold on to either the emotion of fear or the emotion of hope. Both emotions are causing you to suffer. And in the book of the Toltec book of the Four Agreements, it said a sin is to make yourself or do something to make yourself suffer. And that is true sinning. And that's why if you look at the Bible and you look at sins, it's really stuff that's usually just damaging to your body, to other consciousness or other people, which is damaging to yourself. So sinning is to make yourself suffer. And if you are staying in something that is what you say a toxic source and you believe that this source is toxic, you are allowing yourself to sin because you're suffering and you are holding on to emotions that are hard to let go of. When we think of energy, we explain how there needs to be a positive and a negative, an evil and a good. So let's say you're in a relation with someone, whether it's a friendship or a significant other, and they become toxic. Something needs to be distorted in order for you to create. And this is a good thing. This is almost something that you have to thank. So a toxic source is a good thing because that means something is ending in order for you to create. And you are not allowing yourself to create something new if you're holding on. So picture our energy. This is going to be a silly way to show it, but, you know, shout out my hands. If your energy... You're two atoms and you're rubbing against each other, your energy moving like this, right? And then this energy starts breaking away because in order for you to experience unity, you need to polarize, you need to separate into two. So this energy is breaking away in order for you to create and do something new, but you are holding on right? So now this is the run and the chase. You're holding on to this energy and you're not allowing it to polarize for you to then create. And eventually, you know, this energy will be here and you'll create something new here with another energy. Break here, another energy. Break here, another energy. Here, break. And now, and I'll pull up a picture this is energy. This is an atom. This is the system of atoms. This is what our human body looks like. This is what the tree of life looks like. This is what our universe looks like. And they even say the atom is the representation of a galaxy. This is creation, is the positive and the negative. So a toxic source is the negative. You're the positive in the situation. 
And you're consciously aware that it's doing that. By you saying it's a toxic source, you're aware. And you're aware it is energy that you no longer even want necessarily, right? Because if it's toxic, you're associating it with bad energy. And you're debating, do I hold on to this energy or do I let go? Now, a lot of the times when you let go, and you allow for that polarization, who knows if that energy can come back and unify again. But you have to take, you have to live in the present and take the necessary steps for yourself to break away from that toxic source. Emotionally, maybe that perspective will help. Maybe when you see that you can't create something, you keep holding on to that energy, and that's how the universe operates, so let it, you're on here. Again, we talked about how your plan, you had a plan to come on here and you, now you're consciously aware of this soul tie and you have the free will. This is where it comes into play. This is the perfect example is you are aware of this toxic source. You are admitting to it and you have the free will to manifest and create what you want out of it right now. That depends on what you want to learn out of this. Is this a lesson? Is this an experience? And I will always say a mistake only happens one time because once you make the mistake, you learn the lesson. If you made the mistake twice, that means you liked the mistake enough the first time to do it a second time. You don't need to learn a lesson a few times. We're smarter than that. We're the creators of our own intelligence, guys. Then that's when reflection comes in. Reflect, why are you, why do you like this? Why do you keep repeating? Why do you keep giving the same chance? Why do you keep sticking to the same person? Why do you keep repeating the same mistakes? It, it, it's, that's where the self-reflection comes in. That's where the lessons and the experiences come in. And that's where the life of school comes in. Free will, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to end it off there this week. I hope everyone has a beautiful rest of their week. You can find me on every platform at official Tony Scardino. And I'll catch you guys next time. All right. God save the queen, man. <laughs>